Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Sure, we would have liked to get it in and start grinding after the goal. Um, I think Dumbs had it, tried to get it in. Uh, Moose had it, tried to get it in. They had good sticks, and it went back the other way. As far as the, the, the second goal, I mean, it's a hope play from behind the net, hits the side of the net, and ends up right on their tape. So there's no breakdown. It's just... Uh, uh, a bounce, and that's the type of hockey game that it was, and we expect that to be, uh, you know, going forward that uh, that type of games. I could listen to Dean Evison <laughs> break down the phone book, man. Like, I just want to hear him. I want to hear him break down like episodes of The Bachelor. I want to hear him break down everything. He's cool. brilliant at breaking down hockey in the most hockey guy way imaginable, which is what you just heard in that clip. But I think he needs to expand the franchise. He, he's got the the gift of telling you something that is not information that you didn't see and couldn't say yourself. But the power of how he says it makes it sound like it's insight. Yeah. I mean, Dumbs almost got it in. And then Marcus, he almost got it in too. But then they and, didn't. And But they didn't. And the sticks were – and the sticks, I, if we just had the sticks. I would love to hear the breakdown of The Bachelor. You know, So Katie walks in here and she sees Brady and Brady's acting like a fool. And then she goes and she talks to Judd and then uh, all of a sudden she's making out with the other guy. You know, I don't really understand it. And, uh, and it. Brady didn't get a rose. In, Brady in, in The Bachelor, you, you don't get a second chance at a rose. That's it's, what it's, happens. That's your only chance. You're you're done. That's you're the out. the name the of the game. season's over. And when I like the Canadian accent, Dex. <laughs> Just the the vague accent is very good. Thank you. That's definitely Dino. That's Thank pretty you. good. It's pretty good. Uh, so welcome to Mackie and Joe. We're going to get to write that down predictions and a meaty accountability session. Okay. All kinds of things. Oh coming off the board this week and some moving and shaking some some home runs a lot of a lot of things to get to the twins had an interesting night last night on multiple fronts but uh, you guys did uh, over an hour recap late in the night last night you can find the full immediate wild vent line reaction fans coming into the show uh, go check out either the Mackie and Judd or Judd's hockey show podcast feeds or you can also check out uh, the score North YouTube channel but I guess my biggest question to you guys is, is Marc-Andre Fleury this good? Like, is this a sustainable performance by him for the duration of this series? Or has he just been hot for a couple of games and or the Wild just haven't done a great job generating enough high danger? How would you evaluate the stone wall of Marc-Andre Fleury through two games? He is an outstanding veteran guy who won uh, a Copper Cups in Pittsburgh, who definitely has the ability to play it like he did in games one and two. But the key thing that you said is, is this sustainable? And in my opinion, it's not. It doesn't mean he won't be good. It doesn't mean he won't be fantastic. Um, but I think when you come back here for games three and four, you're going to find that some of those chances that they had last night definitely go in. And part of the reason and the difference between uh, the fear of how how the flower is playing right now versus um, the Blues series Jake Allen, oh my God, is this that? Here's the difference. First period last night, the Wild came out flying, and the Wild had a ton of high-danger, high-quality chances. And you know what? They followed up on those, and Flurry made great saves. But it's the, but, but the key in the playoffs, and it's going to sound cliched, and I'm not trying to uh, be a jokester here, is greasy goals. So it's not you don't score the beautiful goals, like the, oh my God, what a Caprice breakaway, and he deked the goaltender out of his skates. That's not how this works. 
you score greasy goals. You, you score goals that are generated off shots that become rebounds or they go off uh, an opposing player skate. And so I think Marc-Andre Fleury is going to have probably an outstanding series. Do I think that every game is going to be like the first two? Absolutely not. And, Phil, here's the most important thing, too. So here's the difference between Old Wild and the new team. The Minnesota Wild comes home one-to-one because in game one, their goaltender won them a game. So, like, this is not the Dubnik. Well, he played well, but, oh, the other goaltender's better. It's just yeah. Talbot won a game. Flurry won a game, and now you come back here. Now, in reality, Vegas probably should have won game one, and and I think there's a case to be made that the Wild should have won game two. But the difference in this team is your goaltender took game one by the throat and won it for you, and then Flurry won game two. Um, but I do think that some of those chances, Dex, are going to start to go in in game three. doesn't mean the Flurry won't continue to play well. It does mean that the Wild has the right idea. And I did not come away from last night's game discouraged. I didn't come away mm-hmm. saying, oh, all of the chances. I came away from that game saying, great game, fun to watch, goaltender played great. Yeah, I mean, Fleur- Flower is one of the best goalies of all time. I was even looking at his statistics about two weeks ago because I think he just passed Patrick Waugh for shutouts, for all-time shutouts. I believe he's now 15th in the NHL in all-time shutouts wins he's right up there he's ready top three or top five and wins of all time he was definitely in the product of an amazing system in Pittsburgh obviously Sidney Crosby and Malkin helped in the cups he was a backup to Matt Murray in one of those three cup runs they went on but in general I think he's honestly one of the most underrated goaltenders of all time underappreciated goaltenders of all time and there might be some misunderstanding with his winning percentage and I get that some people like to put QB wins as an overrated stat I actually think goalie wins holds more merit than quarterback wins because goalies are single-handedly driving you to a win more than a quarterback, and quarterback has dealing with more of the circumstances in front of you. You know, Alex Smith can be plugged in and have a great winning percentage because he's dealing with the great circumstances around him. Mark andre Fleury can steal a game for you. Um, so I, I think in general, yes, the Wild are going to be able to crack him. Kevin Fiala was an absolute beast last night, and he still had two anchors dragging around him behind. I mean, eight shots on goal. The dude is an absolute stud, and even if you just look at the shot chart of what the Wild were trying to do last night, I'll pull this up here. Um, if if you're continuing to get shots, this is from Natural oh, Stat Trick. Look at this. By the way, you, you want to know how what an executive producer <laughs> brings to the show? We just this dude's bringing, he's bringing an NHL shot heat map up on the YouTube page right while now. making a point, while trying to get it up. Anyway, I don't want to keep tooting my own horn, but you you, you see even in the in the wild zone right here. The, so this is the wild attempted zone. This is where they're, they're getting all their shots. All that is right in front of flurry. You're going to be able to crack him. If you keep getting shots right in front of there, the difference in the blues series with the Jake infamous Jake Allen series is none of those shots are right in front of Allen. They're all in those corners. They're all on top of the point. If, if you are continuing to get traffic right here, point blank in front of the goalie, you are 100% going to eventually crack them and score. You will. Yeah. I mean, by the way, that, uh, that that shape on the right looks like it's not safe for work there. I don't know what's happening with the with the night shot attempts there. But. Have you have you heard of the the ads for something called Peroni's disease? <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. You can Google Peroni's, but it looks like that shot chart might have it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I know what you're. It took me a little while to understand what you guys are talking about there, but yes, now I got it. It's like, what are they talking about? I saw it right. I saw it right away, and I wasn't going to say it. But then I'm Phil the youngest one on so the I'm show. I make in. those jokes, and I'm the one who missed it. I'm oh well. Okay. Let's just say that the Golden Knights are very excited, yeah. very excited about their Golden Knights. Can I talk to you for a second? We got to talk. Um, so my, I guess my next question here is, and it's 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 only two games, and I also think Vegas has probably learned their lesson to some extent with just how many goals Kaprizov has scored against them in the regular season. But what's the key now going forward? He only had two shots on goal last night. Um, he hasn't been dominating and driving the play in these two games like he did in the regular season matchup. So what's the what what has Vegas done to take Kaprizov out of his game more than usual? And what's the counter move going into game three for the Wild? So I think in game one, he didn't have a ton of stats, but I thought he played really well, and I noticed him a ton. In game two, I didn't. Um, This, to me, goes back to 
in how in how to stop him. This goes back to the May 5th game that they played at the X, which is the one where the Golden Knights thought that they were going to rough Kirill up, and they thought, okay, we'll push him around and we'll see if that works, because against a lot of superstar players, that works. And they're like, oh my God, I can't take this. And Kirill jumped him, and he went right back, and ultimately in the third period of that game, he scored two goals. Um, game one, I thought Kirill was effective, slowed a little bit, but still effective. And game two, I thought the Golden Knights got the formula right. And I think what that is, is to disrupt him, to bump him, um, but you don't tick him off. So the most important thing is let sleeping giants lie. So if you if you hit him, if you decide we're going to uh, cause havoc, he's going to come back. But if you are subtle enough to just sort of take him off his game, and I thought the the interesting thing was this. In game one, Kaprizov didn't have a ton of stats, but Hartman had, was unbelievable and he clearly was benefiting as Dex has talked about I think as well from the fact that Krill was on the ice and the Golden Knights attention was on Hart was on Kaprizov so much game two the entire line really didn't do much and so I I think the Golden Knights have sort of at least there found the sweet spot for how to slow that line down um my guess is that because they, they did this in game one as well with some of their strategies. My guess is that they took a long, hard look at what the Blues did because the Blues' ultimate success against the Wild was damn impressive. Uh, the Blues did a pretty good job. Kaprizov scored the one goal on Biddington way back at the X that was phenomenal, but the Blues did a pretty good job of slowing him down too. Uh, I'm now going, Phil, to turn to my friend Declan Goff, though, for what the answer should be because this is this is something that we talked about a lot early this morning on our wild event line and Declan I want you to give your thoughts on what you would do to help Kaprizov because this would help your favorite player in the whole wide world too yeah I mean Kevin Fial was a beast last night eight shots on goal playing with Victor Rask and Marcus Johansson Johansson looks like he's handling the puck like a hand grenade Victor Rask has a good enough skating ability as I do um, Rask missed a missed a point blank half open net last night too yeah just um, and it hits the pipe if 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 you swap <laughs> Rask with Kaprizov on that play. Kirill hits that every single time. Um, in fact, I think a lot of other players in this roster hit the net on that every single time. The, when you're down like this and when Fial is rolling and it's noticeable how much he is impacting the game and you're down a goal, you have to put Kirill with Fiala. You 100% do. And you can mix and match it. It's not like they have to be double shifting each other on the ice every other shift. If you have an offensive zone faceoff and you're down, put Kirill and Fiala out there. Put put those two dudes on the ice. It makes no sense to just drag down Fiala, and then he gets more pissed off, and he plays with his head on fire in general. Fiala definitely does. You notice that he just has an extra step in his game, and sometimes it can actually hurt him because he'll take a penalty or do something dumb in the offensive zone. But if you put Kirill, the most dynamic player on this roster, with Fiala, who's ready and hungry to score, that's what you have to do. You 100%. I, I, was, I was baffled by the end of the game where basically the time is ticking away in the end of regulation, and still you're only double-shifting Kaprizov on the fourth line with Nico, instead of Nico Sturm, he's playing with Nick Benino and Nick Bukestad. That was, it was one of those few times where I actually thought, Dino, I don't really know what the hell you're doing here. You should put these two dudes together. So is there, all right, here's a theory on that. You guys can tell me if I'm, if I'm an idiot here. It is a seven-game series. It is a team that you have played a million times already this season, and so you've mostly seen each other's punches and mm-hmm. counter punches, mm-hmm. and you know that you know that you've already shifted the series in your favor by winning game one. And so, not that game two is a throwaway, but game two is a bonus. Like the fact that you stole home ice in game one meant game two was sort of gravy in some ways, right? Would there be value in let's say Declan's right in that pairing those two guys up more often would lead to greater offensive possession result, et cetera, right? Would there be value in holding that? punch until game three or game four or would you put all those cards on the table in game two i don't believe in a playoff series against a team like this that that there is such a thing as a throwaway game um so i would have thrown that punch the other thing is i just don't trust that they'll do it there seems to be an adverse reaction if they're on the power play or the goaltender is pulled they'll definitely put kaprizov and fiala on the ice together but otherwise, they're lulled to do it, and I don't know why. So if there was like a, a strategy behind it, I guess I could get that, but I don't know that there is. I think they're just trying to have more scoring throughout, which, you know what, in the first period is absolutely fine and probably in the second too. 
But third period last night, I played that card. And and here's the thing. I don't know how containable that punch is if it works and you throw it. I don't know that the Golden Knights can come back and, and have a blueprint to stop it. Um, Zuccarello and Kaprizov, when they're at their best, are great because they feed off each other. Zuccarello is or can be a marvelous facilitator. But the Fiala-Kaprizov component that would be so interesting to watch is they're both scorers. Like they would, they would cause havoc. Um, and I don't think that you're at the point where you can basically say, well, game two, we really don't. I mean, you're up to rip. That's impressive. So I get what you're saying. It's certainly not stupid, but I would have thrown that punch. And the, the thing for me is I don't trust that they will. Like they just haven't done it enough for me to say, okay, th- there's like a game three counter here coming, right? Like if they're down by one in the third period, they'll, they'll, do it. It was very weird um, to get Kaprizov on the ice more last night, which I agreed with. I, that's the right move. But to do it with the fourth line, it's like really this is your this is your counter. Like you have two guys who are elite players, and, and Phil Fiala's game last night, like it was one game where he decided I am going to be the best that I could possibly be, and mm-hmm. he was. That was just seemed to me to be a golden time to to pair him because the thing with Kaprizov and Fiala, if you put them together, Kirill can score, Kirill will score, but Kirill can also, I mean, he's a marvelous passer. Like imagine, because Kirill can see you when you don't know that that you're going to be open yet. He's got that weird quarterback anticipation thing that the great ones have. Kevin Fiala would feed off that. So that's why I would have done that in the third period last night. And I don't know that they will. And my personal opinion is if they don't do it at some point in this series, when down a goal or two, they're making a mistake. Yeah. Well, the, the the first two games have been a blast to watch. And I think, I don't know, I mean, it's possible that one of these two teams could just roll off three straight wins. But this very much feels like a six or a seven game series that's going to go back and forth. And as the hockey whisperer told you. There will be a game-winning goal in overtime by the Wild, Game 7, by Kevin Fiala, the aforementioned Kevin Fiala. So uh, uh, Judd's Hockey Show, you guys set. So we po- we post Judd's Hockey Show episodes on Mackie and Judd's podcast feed and also on the Score North YouTube channel, and there's a separate Judd's Hockey. If you just want the Judd's Hockey Show, you can find that <laughs> podcast anywhere you find podcasts. And you guys set a new download record uh, for one of the preview episodes, right? Or was it, it the was, recap of Game 1? It was both. So it was Sunday, I think, people consuming the preview and then also then consuming the reaction afterwards. So Love it. Thank you. So thank you. Uh, if you like hockey, then go check out Judd's Hockey Show with uh, with Declan as the co-host. So, all right, boys, that wasn't the only interesting thing that happened in Minnesota sports last night. This time, for real, the Twins actually did win a game last night. So, okay, three things. We're gonna we got some some accompanying clips here from post game, but there were three sort of mind blowing things that happened last night. There was the Twins counter and punishment of Yerman Mercedes. Then there was Tony Larusa's reaction to it all, and then there was the heroics of Miguel Sano. So let's start, Dex, if we could. Do we have a clip that represents the Twins' plunking of or attempted plunking of Yerman Mercedes? So we have we have Rocco here talking about him getting tossed, and then we also have LaRusa talking about Duffy, so we have both. Let's, ho- let's hold the LaRusa thing. Let's play the, the Rocco, Rocco thing to start. Uh, I was ejected because I disagreed with uh, Duffy getting tossed in that situation. I didn't like it, and uh, I went out there and, you know, made my feelings hurt. Had there been any warnings pre? Like, was there, you know, I mean, did that just, what, what was the explanation there? No, the, no the, I mean, there were no warnings. The umpires got together. Uh, they made a, a, a decision that, um, obviously, if they threw him out of the game, they made the, the decision that they thought it was intentional. Um, on Duff's end, uh, we were due to pitch Yerman, uh, who's been very good against us. Uh, in and, and crowd him some too and that's that's the way that it played out they they threw him out of the game uh and we have to we have to live with that but it doesn't mean we have to be happy about it okay so that's one of the dumbest things i have ever heard in my life <laughs> watching baseball for one to try to try and pl- two things to try and play it off like tyler duffy didn't intentionally throw a ball at yerman mercedes that ball and by the way of course par for the course for tyler duffy season he missed him he, he fires wide behind uh, the buttocks of your Mercedes. 
Watch that clip if you can find it on the internet a million times. You you try to justify the, the explanation that, oh, we were just pitching him tough inside. No, you threw a ball behind a guy that showed you up, quote-unquote, the night before. Um, and then and then the, the, the second part to this is the reporter there asked for an explanation. So, like, what was the explanation? You know, what, what, you know, Why did you get taught? Here's the explanation. The Twins are the worst team in baseball heading into the game two nights ago, okay? They're down double-digit runs, getting their asses kicked again, and they bring in a clown show position player to throw 45-mile-an-hour EFAS pitches, basically throwing underhanded softball pitches to a professional young hitter, a young hitter who's trying to make his way in Major League Baseball and put up stats to make money, right, for his family. And that guy deposits one of those 45-mile-per-hour joke pitches 450 feet into the night where that pitch belongs, by the way, and the Twins get offended by it. What is he supposed to do? Take a walk? Like, would you rather him just bunt and ground out? Like, so, so like, get, getting bent out of shape about that was one thing. And then finding the need to retaliate the next night when you're losing at the time of the attempted plunking. All of it was absurd. All of it was just a joke, misguided uh, I think misguided focus by a team that needs to be all in focused on trying to string together wins. Of course, we'll get to what happened at the end of the game with Miguel Sano. But like, I just thought it was such a pointless BS thing to even be involved with. And then Rocco trying to play it off like, well, I was I was upset that they thought he was throwing it. He was throwing at your Mercedes, and you guys are idiots for taking this into uh, into another night. So that's my rant about part one. Any thoughts from you guys? It's perfect. No, you're exactly right. Like there's <laughs> yeah. n- there's nothing about there's nothing about that that I can counter you on. I can't justify it. Um, I really want to get to the White Sox side of this. And, and and real quick, just real quick before we get to the White Sox side of it, because this yeah. will this will set up this Tony Larusa clip. So for me, when you look back at the at the incident, the three o uh, forty five mile an hour Ephus pitch that got hit into the night. What's more offensive, a young hitter who's who's trying to prove himself? Who's getting thrown a 3-0 cookie, swinging away and hitting it a mile, or a position player coming in and being green lighted to lob 45 mile an hour pitches to major league hitters? Like that's more of an insult to the game than swinging at a 3-0 pitch and dumping it into the left field seats. And basically every current and former player that has chimed in, including Trevor Bauer, by the way has agreed with that sentiment. So, so if you're on the other side of that, you are an out-of-touch, absolute, like, old codger who needs to be removed from the game. So I tweeted that exact thing. I, I said, if you want offensive, Ostadio offended me far more. And and I think people didn't get it because they tweeted back, well, position players come in and pitch all the time. That's why the unwritten rules are stupid because my unwritten rule, like, we can make these up. Like, the unwritten rules... What's the key word there? Unwritten. It means you can make up any rule that you want. And I am offended by the fact, look, the majority of position players who come into pitch try to throw actual pitches. Ostadio is up there playing softball. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, but, but like, <laughs> when you come back and say, well, position players, so that's not an unwritten rule. Folks, they're called unwritten rules. It means we can make them up as long as, as we want. So, like, stop with that. But you're... Your synopsis of the twin side of things is a thousand percent right. I just have no. You're down fifteen to four. You you're making a joke of the game, and then you have the audacity to get offended when somebody actually hits a home run, which last time I checked was not an unwritten rule. Home runs were, in fact, I would say that Miguel Sano would argue last night home runs are very important. Yeah, and so all right. So part two of this is Larusa's reaction, and just to set this up, basically. Everyone in and around the game of baseball, especially the younger players, the new generation, the Trevor Bowers, right? You saw you saw uh, Anderson's reaction on that clip that we just played. You guys did anyways, and the YouTube audience did. And he's like, he's John at Baldelli, like, get the bleep out of here, dude. Like, everyone looked at the Twins' reaction and said, you guys are a f- you guys are the worst team in baseball. Fix your bullpen before you get mad and, and stop throwing 45-mile-an-hour softball pitches, right? So you'd think any sane baseball person, especially someone on the White Sox, would look over and be like, you guys need to pipe down over there, okay? Not Tony La Russa. Going out this late, bed through a sinker, and, you know, didn't look good. <clears throat> so I, I, I didn't have – I wasn't that suspicious. 
I'm suspicious somebody throws somebody's head. And they're not suspicious. So, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with how twins handle that. Tony Larusa has no problem with how the twins handled that. Getting revenge on your Mercedes for making him tap dance around a sinking fastball. And then the night before, he called your Mercedes clueless for swinging and hitting a home run off a 3-0 pitch. Meanwhile, Dex found a couple screenshots on Instagram of White Sox players basically being like, dude, swing away, man. Yeah. Like, Jim swing Anderson. Away. Yep. We and called this. We said got, this would happen. You've got current and former players and radio hosts now in Chicago that are calling for Tony LaRusso's out-of-touch old ass to be removed as manager from the White Sox. So amazing that the manager of the White Sox would choose in that situation, regardless, by the way, of what he acts like. Let's say his, his true belief is, I just don't like to show up teams 3-0 counts, right? Dude, swallow that thought and support your team. What, well, this is a perfect chance for you to support your team and show that you're in on the current modern day culture. And he absolutely went the other direction. So, like, oh my god! So Tony pregame that was bad. I mean, that looked really bad. He basically said there's going to be discipline, internal discipline, discipline within the family. Yeah, within, within the, the family. family. Okay, Godfather. And, and, me, yes, and meanwhile, the rest of the, cl- the clubhouse is like rightfully so. Hey, Yerman, way to go! Nice home run. Who cares? And Larusa says there's going because he told him to take a three zero. Uh, he, he gave him the take sign on a 3-0 count, but said if it had been 3-1, it would have been fine. But 3-0, no, you don't do that. What's the um, difference? Like, like, I, why, do we, why do we care so much about other people's feelings here? I These are all people know. that make millions and, of dollars. But, again, but again, the Twins pitcher, who's not a pitcher, is lobbing the ball in. Like, he's basically saying, crush these pitches. <laughs> and and, and Yerman <laughs> Mercedes, who's a 28 year old rookie who finally broke through who's been fantastic and phil you're right he is looking to make money and guess what at the end of this year they're not going to break down his home run total and say we're going to take this one away it came against ostadia it's going to count so he is justified there and then i got notes you know on twitter saying well he was given the take sign okay first of all that's incredibly stupid um i don't think he looked i don't think he looked down I I think someone broke down the the tape and said like he wasn't even like what well, what are you even like giving signs for? That's what I said. <laughs> why are you giving runs. why are you giving signs? Like the guys lobbing the baseball up there. Why are there signs coming? Tony, <laughs> there shouldn't be. But anyway, let me let me say in a season where everything for the most part has gone wrong for the Twins, I actually think what happened post game is an enormous break. Um, and is really good news if you're a Twins fan or the Twins, because the White Sox are a team on the rise. They're without three key players right now, and they're still good. And they are a team that has a ton of young talent who, in my opinion, plays the game the right way for 2021, right? Like, this is going to be a team that's going to be competitive, I think, for a while. And what the manager did last night post game in not defending his player, basically saying, you threw up my guy, I'm okay with that. It has the potential to, and I think it will, fracture that clubhouse. Yes. Fracture nobody, it. Nobody wanted that hire except for the owner Jerry of the Reinsdorf. Chicago White Sox. But That's the only only guy. But if you're the Twins, aren't you thrilled? Like, this is going to cause them problems. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not – this. you don't walk away from this and be like, oh, Tony's being Tony. I, we all said Tim Anderson and a few of those players are going to hate this guy. And I guarantee you they, they do. And if I'm the Twins or I'm Cleveland or Kansas City or, hell, I guess Detroit, I love this because they're going to have to get a new manager at some point pretty soon. You can't go down this path. I mean, these people are together constantly. They actually are a family. And you're going to discipline a member of that family who's off to just a great start. And by the way, who's helped your team a ton? So that's the, the one takeaway. If I'm the Twins is privately, I am very happy that this guy basically said, Tyler Duffy threw at him. I really didn't see it. God. So, all right. So that was that was part two of of madness last night at Target Field. And so, despite all the chaos, and despite somehow both teams handling the situation from two nights ago as poorly as they could both handle it, like the Twins getting offended enough to make it a thing the next night, and then the White Sox manager Tony Larusa not defending his team and throwing guys under the bus. Like, both teams handle it as poorly as you possibly could. And the Twins' house is crumbling in front of us. And in comes Mr. Three-Week Hot Stretch. As predicted on the show, (laughs) Miguel Sano with a three-home run night last night, including uh, a game-tying 
home run to make it four to four, and then Jorge Polanco comes in in the bottom of the ninth inning and, and gets the ultimate game winning hit. But um, welcome to the season for one. So he has now impacted two wins, one on Saturday and one now. Uh, of course, this is what he always does, right? He deserves huge credit. Like this is obviously why it's not easy to just cut bait on him or or release him or trade him for nothing because he can carry your team. As we've said on this show, he can carry your team. Like, what's going to happen now is he's going to hit like this for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to play well. Now, it doesn't excuse the fact. It's kind of like Kirk Cousins, right? Well, look how well he's playing. Well, he also led the league in interceptions through the first third of the season. And you started one and five in large part because of that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's going to get hot for three weeks. And the Twins are going to play above 500 baseball. And they're going to start clawing their way back in the standings. And everyone's going to say, see, told you so. You guys were wrong about Miguel Sano, right? Like, well, no, he's he's a streaky power hitter who does this for stretches. Of course, <clears throat> he was unplayably bad for like five weeks and uh, was a big part of the reason why your team started 13 games below 500. So, But listen, last night he deserves credit. He figured it out. Uh, he jumped on some pitches, and we'll see if he can have one of his patented three-week hot stretches now. Let's turn it into a month. Let's pray for a month and halfway through that, start shopping him and see yes. if you can find a taker like that. To, to me, I, I watched those home runs because, I mean, that is the tantalizing potential, right? Like, oh, my God, opposite an oppo. That's incredible. And I mean, the man is so strong that if he barrels it up, um, it can go out to center. It can go out to left for sure, a long ways, and it can go to right. Uh, but if you could get a month like this, about a week and a half to two two weeks in, okay? Start to shop him. Like, take what you can get at that point because the slide is coming again. Unless you think, and I'm past this point personally, but unless you think that there is something eminently fixable here, which I don't think that there is, um, then I would start to shop him. I, I think that's the the upside of a Miguel Sano hot stretch is not what can Miguel do for you. It's how can you get rid of Miguel? John Morosi reporting today, by the way, from, I believe, MLB Network. He was at Fox. I'm not sure if he still does Fox, but that he wouldn't be surprised if Jose Barrios is an option for the Blue Jays. He was very specific, saying Jose Barrios and Blue Jays. The Twins have not reached an extension with him. So the Twins either have to trade Barrios soon or sign him to an extension that probably pays him $20-plus million a year. So. And John Paul Morosi does not speculate unless he's been told something by somebody who gave him a name. Yes. So, so like, because I mean, it reads like, well, it's just his name out there, and there's no source to it. Um, but guys like that don't speculate about particular names unless they've been told that name. Reckless yeah. speculation. So a little teaser for reckless speculation Thursday tomorrow on Mackie and Judd. By the way, our talking twins discussions every day presented by Dennis Kirk. So if you like to ride, Dennis Kirk is your friend on the internet that you should examine. So uh, whether you ride a Harley, a, a sport bike, whatever it is, you'll find what you need. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day, plus shipping is free for orders over $89. DennisKirk.com, the best in the business and everything you need for your ride. DennisKirk.com. All right, boys, we have a massive accountability session to get to. We've got bombs. We've got all kinds of ups and downs, and so we're going to take a deep breath, and then we're going to dive into Write That Down. The Meadows at Mystic Lake has modified its golf policies to follow the COVID-19 public health recommendations and welcomes you to play this award-winning public golf course. It offers a unique, challenging, and scenic golf experience. The Meadows at Mystic Lake is a full-service golfing destination, enhanced by nearby food and entertainment, including the Meadows Bar and Grill and Mystic Lake Casino Hotel. It's never too early to book a tee time or shop the pro shop. Stop in or visit GolfTheMeadows.com. That's GolfTheMeadows.com. Owned and operated by Shakopee Midwakanton Sioux Community. Uh, yeah, most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd. Write this down. This is the big leagues, where we own our terrible predictions. Write that down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. It's Write That Down. Write it down. You like writing things down. With Mackie and Judd. That's right. Welcome in to the most transparent segment in sports talk, whether it's radio, TV, 
Nobody puts their reputations on the line quite like we do every single week on both Mackie and Judd and on Purple Daily. We've expanded the franchise in 2021. Write that down, predictions, and an accountability session. And I just want to prepare you guys. A lot of things came off the board. A lot of things. Oh, boy. (laughs) How does that make you feel? Butterflies, nervous. Yeah, Judd, you've been leading the batting average race for basically a year and a half now. I know, but you never know what's going to happen. This man. is like when they say we have to have the talk. This is a, this is we have to have the talk vibe. Which way is this going to go? Are we going all in? <laughs> are we committing, or are we are we breaking things off right here? Well, we'll have to we'll have to see in just a second. So uh, write that down. Today is presented by our friends at PXG Minneapolis. PXG is your home for top-quality golf clubs, like, for instance, the new Gen 4 clubs, which, uh, whether you're looking for drivers, fairways, hybrids, irons, they're PXG's flagship clubs and hands down the best-performing clubs PXG has ever made. You can also check out the 0211 Golf Clubs, a full line of high-performance clubs packed with PXG technology and priced a bit more within reach. PXG Minneapolis, Southdale Center, and find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, here's how I write that down works. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to be part of the segment, you can just send a DM to either me or Declan on Twitter or Instagram. Phil Mackey, Declan Goff, just search us on those platforms, and we have our DMs open, even if we don't follow you. And uh, Sports Son Nick is going to be, in just a few minutes here, our special guest predictor. Might be a while, according to you. This might be a little longer than you usually have to wait. Now, keep in mind, the NBA and NHL seasons came to an end, and so there's anything oh, that was a season-long God. prediction uh, that's okay. come off the board. Right. Oh, Anytime boy. a season comes to an end, yeah. you know that things are coming off the board. So we'll start with Judd. I want to include this one at the top. This hasn't come off the board, I don't think, because I don't think benches cleared last night, but it's worth noting that Judd oh, predicted the Twins and White Sox will have at least one bench clearing incident in 2021. Why, why didn't they? Why didn't the White Sox charge the mound to defend yeah. their guy, Yerman Mercedes? I mean, it would have it wouldn't have taken much. I think if if even just a few guys come out of the dugouts on either side, it well, then they all come out. You. Bullpens, bullpens yeah. pour in. Maybe this afternoon. It's a matinee Could tilt. Be. Maybe we'll get it today on Wednesday. Maybe both teams will just mutiny against Tony Larusa. That'd be great. Maybe that's what'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, all right, uh, you said the Twins bullpen will blow at least a save by this week's. Write that down. They did not. They didn't really have many chances to blow saves. They won a couple games, but they did not blow a save. Miracle. You said Alex Ovechkin will lead the NHL in goal score with thirty or more. Actually, both of those things were incorrect. Mm-hmm. But then. Judd knocked dirt off his cleats, and he stepped into the batter's box. He pointed to the bleachers in center field, and he said, Erickson Eck will score the Wilds first goal of the playoffs this wow, spring. Man. Tater. It's a game winner. It's a ding dong. And then I'm, I'm giving this a home run, too, and there were a couple similar ones we'll get to. But before the season started, you said Kaprizov will lead the Wild in goal scoring. And I think... I mean, you know, it's one thing to have a hunch that he's going to be good, but to say that he's going to outscore Fiala, Eck, right? Easy. Like all these players. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a home run. I agree. The, he'd never step I'm not going to argue against it. No, no, I agree. Okay. That's a homer. Okay. He called a shot. So Judd goes deep twice, twice this week on Write That Down. <laughs> nice work, Judd. Good job, Thank Judd. you very much. It's power. been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. All My right. drought is finally done. You know who I am? Miguel Sano. You really are. <laughs> so I had a few things come off the board. I said Kaprizov will score at least two goals in game one. That was a little overzealous. I said the Wolves will be at least 500 in games Towns plays in this season. They were not. And my Andrew Wiggins hate said that he will finish outside the top 150 players in win shares this season. He was actually 97th. I say. Wow. But then, but then we went on a hot streak. We said the hockey whisper said the wild will finish top three in the West division. That Miguel Sano will hit two home runs or more between last week and this week's write that down. I mean, he did it all last night. Really had four home runs. Over that stretch. Hot streak continues. 
I said, by the end of May, Alex Colomay will string together four straight scoreless outings or more. That's a that's a, a warning track double right there. That's nice mm-hmm. enough to base hit. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a previously good reliever in four straight scoreless outings. Shouldn't be that difficult. Uh, and then I said, the Wolves will not finish the season with one of the three worst records in the NBA. They went on a nice little hot streak there. And I told you guys before Tibbs even took a job with the Knicks that he will coach in the playoffs in his first season back in the NBA. Very strong. Very solid. Another another solid knock there. So five hits for Phil, Tony Gwynn, Mackey there. Look at you making a turnaround. But then the listeners came around with a very similar prediction to what Judd had. And we have a little controversy on one of these we're going to get to. But Jacob said Kaprizov will lead the Wild in goals. And since we gave Judd a home run, we're going to give Jacob... A home run for that. Sam C. said Rubio will have an assist-to-turnover ratio higher than 3.5. I did the math. And he did. Okay, we need a ruling on this one. So Declan is the official. Declan puts the official verbiage in the notes, and then I just cut and paste. And so Chad predicted Kaprizov. It's a parlay, I think, that Kaprizov will lead Minnesota in scoring, and the next full season will be played in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I'm taking issue with the word full because they didn't. Okay. So the next full season will be played in the NHL. This is like a pandemic prediction by Chad and Kaprizov will lead the wild in scoring. Here's my hunch. I'm guessing this was made with when we didn't know the NHL season. Right. So he's, I, I think he meant to say this season, but he did say full. Um, the the word full is very specific here. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, did did he say that they're going to play 82 games and Kaprizov will lead the Wild in scoring? Because if he did, they did not. They played 52. It's, I, I, listen, all we can go off of is well, what's, what has been transcribed. So if anything, then the next full season, this is then not, this is still in play, correct? No, no, no. No, he, he didn't say in the next full season because that was my other question. Did well, he mean in? In the next full season, he said the next full season will be played in the NHL. That's part one. So he parlayed. Part two is Kaprizov will lead Minnesota in scoring. Okay. And so, listen, it's, write that down can be brutal sometimes. I think we should give, if if Chad is watching, I think we should give him a chance at some point in time to state his case possibly Yeah. Okay. before the write that down court. But I think your interpretation of the rules of law right now, as far as write that down go, are correct. Yeah. But I mean, it's like traffic court. Chad can show up in him. Argue his man. case. Yeah, sure. I got a I got a freaking parking ticket last weekend because so long story short, we we got a new car. We swapped out our old car for a new car like two months ago. And so I had a temporary license until you get the new license. Yeah. And so I used one of those parking apps with the temporary license plugged in to the car information. And then uh, oh. once I got the new license, I forgot to change the license information. And so I wanted to get like a $35 ticket when I had paid like $5 to park somewhere last weekend. Yeah. It's first world problems here. So I know it happens. It happens. All right. So Chad, tweet, <laughs> tweet at us if you feel like you've been wronged here and we'll take you to write that down court. Rami represents the listeners now. And he said before the end of the next NBA season, we will have legitimate reports of an unhappy Carl Anthony Towns who wants out of Minnesota and wants to get traded to the Warriors. Well, he just, I mean, he couldn't have been more clear in his postseason press conference how much he wants to play here for his entire career. So, incorrect. Uh, Drew P. said Kaprizov and Fiala will combine for 50 or more goals. That was close. 47. Yeah, oh, man. Close. Hmm. If only they had played a full season. Yep. And then Braden said in his rookie season, Kaprizov will score at least 40 goals and 100 points and win the Calder. And, well, he he might have if they had played That's true. a full season. 82. Yep. Oh boy. All right. Okay. Declan had a ton of wild things come off the board here. He said a wild defenseman will score the first playoff goal. Kakanen will start at least five of the remaining 12 games. He started four of the remaining 12 games. He said, by the end of the regular season, the Wild's power play percentage will be no higher than 10%. I looked at a couple different sites, and it was was very much higher Uh, than 10%. For the last six weeks of the season, it was the best in the NHL. They they turned it back on. 
Yeah, they were they were quite good. And then uh, you said Marcus Johansson will not be on the Wilds roster by the time the regular season Shouldn't ends. Be on the roster on Game Three. <laughs> a lot of people think, think that that per- prediction should have come true. But you did recover. You said the Wild will play the Golden Knights in the first round of the playoffs, which they are. That's nice. You said they will win game one of that playoff series. Nice. You said the Twins will not blow a save between now and next week's write that down. That was correct. And you said between February 17th and the end of the regular season, Ant Edwards will average 20 points per game or more, which he did. So check out the batting average race and look how tight it is, boys. Judd oh clinging oh to my. a five-point lead. Oh, but I become a bopper. But now I'm a bopper. Judd is now <laughs> leading in both batting average and home runs with 396 average and three home runs. But veteran presence. I am now just five points behind yeah, the batting average threat. race at 391 with one home run. Declan at 364 and two home runs. A very nice season. And the listeners with a 323 average and two home runs. This could not be any closer going into Holy the second cow. half of the season. This is the nice. most competent that we've all been at the same time, yeah, too. Man. And we're still very much below 50%. Uh, career stats that we've tracked since 2018. Judd with 159 hits and 11 bombs. I have 130 hits and 11 bombs. Listeners, 109 hits and 11 bombs. So all of us tied with 11 career bombs. And Declan with 51 hits and four career home runs. All right. That was a lot. Let's get to the prediction portion here. Let's get Nick, sports son Nick, into the mix here to join us. What's going on, Nick? Welcome to Write That Down. Gentlemen, happy to be on again. Love it. Can you hear me? Love yep. it. Yep, we can, can hear you. There yep. might be a little bit of a delay here, so we'll we'll work through that. But here's how it's going to work. We're going to start with Nick. If, and then if, go it gets, to if it gets too bad, just, just cut me off. <laughs> right on. We're gonna we're gonna go Nick, Judd, Declan, and then back to me. We'll take three trips around the room. Uh, all right, Sports Sun Nick, you're in the batter's box. What is your first prediction? Write it down. All right, boys. So down. last time I was on, um, I either hit a home run or I was to the warning track. Now, <laughs> that was an Anthony Edwards first overall pick, and we traded the 17th pick. That's my dinner. Um, the tricky thing is I got to learn how to use parlays correctly. And I think I've done that today as in I predicted the twins were going to get swept last season, but it was by the Yankees Mm. and they got swept by the Astros. So um, that being said, I'll start out with the twins one again. Um, They will be sellers at the deadline. Um, I'm not going to be stingy on how you guys pick that and they will finish with a bottom five record. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of headed that direction. I think that would actually be an improvement based on where they're at right now, right? <laughs> They'd have to do some work to to nope. even get to like the fifth worst record. Very wolves like right there. Yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down. Right, over to Judd. I have three wild predictions oh, that like will you. all come off the board immediately. And I will start with this one. The Wilds coming home for game three and game four at the X. They will have last change. They will be able to at least get the matchups that they want off the faceoffs, which should help them a bit, including Kirill Kaprizov, who will score a goal in each of the Wilds' two playoff games at home against mm-hmm. Vegas. In game, So he'll score a goal, at least a goal, Declan, in game three, and at least a goal, just to pad myself here so I'm not too exact in game four. So at least a goal in each of the next two games okay. for Kirill Kaprizov. Okay. All right. I got you. I like it. I like it. Write it down. You like writing things down. Dex. All right. Bit of a button single, and I also have all three wild predictions here, but I will go with the Minnesota Wild will win at least one of the next two games on home ice. So they will win at least one of the next two games on home ice. I feel like I feel like the hockey guys need to be swinging for the fences more with these hockey predictions. You, so, this down. you can do that. Uh, okay, Kaprizov was held in check last night. I got him scoring at least a goal in each of the next two games. This that's playoff fine. hockey. That's, nice. that's very nice. This yeah. playoff hockey, it's workmanlike. That's fine. Gre- greasy predictions. Okay. Well, um, the hockey whisperer is here to tell you that. Write this down. Kaprizov will card at least one hat trick at some point in this series. We will see a Kaprizov hat trick at some point before this series is over. Write it down. He has had Vegas' number. No, he's mostly scoring just like a goal, a goal in these games against Vegas until this series. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a breakout from Kaprizov at some point in this series. I think we lost Sports Sun Nick there to the cell phone gremlin, so we'll go back to Judd. 
All right, my next wild prediction involves pugilists. It involves fisticuffs. It involves setting a tone, gentlemen. Oh, I... Marcus Foligno and Ryan Reeves will get into a fight, at least one fight in game three on Thursday night. So very specific, Marcus Foligno and Vegas fourth line tough guy winger Ryan Reeves mm -hmm. will get into at least a one fight on Thursday night to set a tone for the set to continue to set a tone for the series. That's a home run. If it happens, I think that's yeah, specific. Yeah. It's the playoffs. There's, there's not nearly as much fighting in the playoffs. You're specifically naming two guys. Yep. They're mm -hmm. maybe the most likely two guys, but it might be okay. Greenway. but I'm going to go with fully. No, I'll well. stick with Marcus. Yeah, that, that's accurate. Okay. Write that down. Okay. Dex. All right. Next one for me. I will go with Zach Parisi. Will dress in a game in the playoffs for the wild. Ooh. I'm not like going to say specific. It's I'm going to give myself a little little room here. But Zach Brise will dress in a game in the playoffs for the Wild. What would it take? I like how you play. It would have to be there. coming off a loss, yep. right? So it could it could be game three. Yep. Mm -hmm. Could it be game three? I think it could be game three. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would run up. Could be game three. Okay. Johansson was terrible. The problem the problem with Horrible. dressing Parisi in Johansson instead in game three is that's a third line position. And I don't know I don't know that you want to put him back on the third line since he's a fourth liner. So unless you have a guy that you like to go up to that third line, like there are there I, I think there's politics about this move that go beyond just the simple analysis or observation. Let's just put make it that sure you way. make sure you check with Parisi's agent, okay? Just yeah, sure. I think yeah, exactly. A little, a little sit down there. Okay, write this down. Cam Talbot will have at least one more shutout in this series. He will uh, build another brick wall at some nice. point in the series. All right. Okay, back to Judd. Your back final prediction. For my final prediction of what my wild hat trick of predictions that will all come off the board by next week, at least one of the next two games at the X will go into overtime. We will have an overtime game in at least one of the next two games. I'm not going to tell you who's going to win, so it's just a hit if I get it, but I'll take it. Okay. I like it. Write that down. And back over to Declan, your final prediction. All right. Kevin Fiala will score at least three goals in the next two games for the Wild. So I'm going to go with Kevin wow. Fiala will score at least three goals in the next two games for the Wild. Wow. So a lot of, a lot of signs pointing to Wild with our predictions here, playing very well these next two games. Oh, we'll have another yeah. lengthy accountability session because everything will be coming <laughs> off, will. but yes. Yes. <laughs> I like what we're doing here. Very All right. So I am going to deviate from the wild theme Write here. Write it down. You like writing things Tony Harris will be the, fired by next week. Yeah. You're close. Tony, <laughs> here's my prediction. I had to, I had to put a Tony LaRouche prediction in here. Okay? I need to do this. There will, be, there will be credible, and we can define this as a group however we need to, there will be credible reports of players going around or above Tony Larusa to voice their displeasure within the organization, and I'll put an end date on it. Yeah, I was going to say you got to put an because, yeah, I'll say by just I'll say by J July thirty first okay. by July thirty first just to just to give it a window to percolate because my guess is this first thing is this is like the first incident. And then there's pop, my guess is Tim Anderson's going to pimp a home run that Tony Larusa doesn't like, and then that'll be. I think if Tim Anderson gets pissed at him, then you have a problem, if and he, he probably is. already is. He Definitely. is right, yeah, Definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, there will be credible reports of players going around or above Tony Larusa's head to voice displeasure within the White Sox organization. You keep and, that and in that, the family, Phil. I want to also say that if a player goes public somehow, like. And voices displeasure specifically about Tony Larusa, uh, like on social media. I want I want that to count too. Okay, I don't know. So we can just we can just make that note mentally. Okay, uh, three of us. That, that Tim Anderson is the Write exact down, guy. Like and this down. is also where to go on like a White Sox. So like I honestly want to root for the White Sox. I think they're fun. Everyone crapped on them because you know they they, they spent all this money and they started to come, but also at the same time they're they're. Prospects are starting to rise up. They've built. They're doing exactly what you should be doing in free agency. They have a supplemental roster. You're supp you have, the, have a good roster. And they're supplementing it with free agent ads, but they have a boneheaded manager, and I can't go all in on it. I literally, I can't. Why are you rooting for the White Sox? Because they have a fun group of players. They have a fun the group Packers of players. Too. No, they have a. I, I like to root as I've gotten older. I just want to watch a good team do good things. Like I can hate a fan group, 
Like I I can hate Packer fans and then enjoy a Packer season, but then once Matt LaFleur decides to kick a field goal down eight, I can flip it and say, you guys are morons. I, I, yeah. I'm safe there. Colorado Avalanche. A lot of WoW fans hate the Colorado Avalanche. Well, we just hate their fans. Oh, but you don't like watching a sick team up and down the ice that just dominates? Oh, because their fans are so bad. I, I can't root for the Avalanche. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just evolving. I'm evolving as a sports fan. That's all. All right. Yeah, I think... Like, I don't have a fiery hate for any of the Minnesota sports team rivals. Like, I don't, it doesn't make my day better when the Packers lose. I think it's hilarious when Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have a divorce percolating. It doesn't, it doesn't make my Monday better or anything. But I, but I draw the line at like, it's weird to actively root for the Packers and White Sox. Listen, if the White Sox got to a World Series or something, cool. Like, maybe I'll, if they're playing the Dodgers, I'll probably root for them. Because the Dodgers don't need any more. But the White Sox are, like, I do like them, though. Like, they've got Fun. good young players. And they talent. are a more likable team than the Twins. I'll give Absolutely. you that. Absolutely. The and, Twins are one of the least likable teams in Minnesota sports history in my lifetime right now. There's just very little to like about this Twins team. Unfortunately, LaRusso's a bozo, as our friend Randy from Cottage Grove likes to say. He's just a bozo. And I, I can't wait till he's gone because I do think that this is going to be a fun team. Um, but again, I think that Tony pulling this crap, if you're a team in that division, should make you very happy. Because ultimately, I do, uh, to, to your write that down prediction, Phil, we're going to get to a point where guys start to ask out or he's fired. Yeah. Um, it looks like just a little, little breaking news to end the show here. Alex Kirloff, according to multiple Twins beat reporters, will begin a rehab assignment with the St. Paul Saints today. He's going to DH, and if that goes well, he'll be in the outfield tomorrow. So is this one of those wrist injuries like Nelson Cruz had yeah, I where I could just sort of play through the pain and then it gets to- better? It's pain tolerance, yep. Okay. Yep, I think it's exactly that. Well, that's good. I mean, this is, if, if this their season, if it's not already over, they need to win a bunch of games like right now. So this is the time. I love how the season's on the brink. And maybe they've already resigned. I don't know. I, I'd like to think the Twins are still trying to claw their way back out of this. And we needed a load management day for a DH Nelson Cruz yesterday. Really? I know that I you're mean, playing like eight games in seven days, but did we need a load management day for the DH yesterday? I would say is if it J- really that taxing? If J.P. Morosi is getting intelligence right now that Barrios is possibly going to be shopped, I would say some very important people have probably decided, eh, we're probably done. Could be. And I also, uh, by the way, I don't know if this goes on their taxi squad roster or the regular roster, but the Wild just announced that Kalen Addison, Louis Belpedio, Connor Duar, Brandon Dumain, Hunter Jones, and Matt Boldy have been recalled from Iowa with their season now officially mm. over. They'll right. be sitting by me on th- Thursday night, and I will tell Matt Boldy, son, you should be on that ice yeah. surface. Get down there. Put those breezers I'm on. not the GM, but if I was, you'd be. <laughs> those breezers would be on right now. <laughs> Judd, you should show up to the press box in breezers. Just I used to have in. them. Full gear. <laughs> I used to have full gear. It was great. Suspenders it was great. And, and breezers and just the hey. stockings. The stockings and the oh yeah. I, I had the whole getup. It was great. It was fantastic. It was really it it is a pain in the ass to dress for for with all the equipment. 100%. For uh, that sport, also hockey's a smelly sport. And very, the, it's a yes, sport. The smelliest well, like, of all athletes, and like the old school socks that you, that you used to have have to attach to the breezer, and it was just a pain in the ass. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I used to work at a play again sports in Buffalo, Minnesota, when I was in high school. Sharp and skates. I just I smelled like used breezers every time I got Gross, done with dude. the shift. Yeah, Gross. and then you'd sit back there and sharpen skates for ten hours, and nothing. There is nothing that can replicate the smell of wet leather. Which, which is what ho- old hockey school is like. Like you throw your stuff in the bag, and it's like leather and sweat that all mixes together. It is quite the oh, it, It's oh. been cleaned up a lot now. Like there's new stuff, but the old school stuff just reeks. It wasn't athletic, you know? but I used to I used to work at the state fair. I used to work at the ballpark cafe, and and our specialty there is garlic fries. So we I, I would just make oh, garlic fries so good ten hours a day, and it got so bad that when I would come home, my mom would lay out an outfit in the garage and I'd have to take off my clothes in the garage so I couldn't come inside the house because I smelled that bad. <laughs> and even though I was wow. double-gloved, I could smell garlic in my fingernails, so usually about Halloween, Thanksgiving time. It was like three oh. months. It was permanent into hey girl, my fingers. Want to smell my finger? It, yeah. <laughs> so bad, dude. So oh bad. Oh, my God. That sounds disgusting. So dude, bad. actually, that sounds amazing. I, if, oh, yeah, I, I, I want to. I, 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 I nod off my ring finger. 
I went to I went to moved out of the Twin Cities if you smelled like garlic fries all yeah. the time. I would have yeah. stuck around. Be within ten feet of Declan. All right, we got to go. Gotta go. Perhaps you guys should get your own show at this <laughs> point. <gotta> <laughs> all right, thanks for uh, hanging out with us on today's Write That Down episode of Mackie and Judd that was also presented by Federated. Federated's been helping business owners for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota, and they've been helping power Score North shows, too, for, uh, for a handful of years. So we thank them for their partnership. If you're looking for just a better night's sleep as a business owner, risk management, peace of mind, resources, Go check out federatedinsurance.com. Find out what my shield can do for your business. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. We'll see you guys for a little reckless speculation Thursday tomorrow. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.